you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Well, good morning. I appreciate this opportunity to share with you today at the uh, First United Methodist Church here in Lexington. Uh, all communities together, uh, this is a great honor. I appreciate Pastor Todd and Pastor Carol and Pastor Chad and Pastor Teddy uh, giving me this opportunity to share with you. It's always a privilege to be with you. Anytime we get together, uh, it's always a joy and to be in this new year together is a great honor and I appreciate uh, you being a part of this. I especially appreciate you being a part of our uh, hour together here in worship and I pray that somehow what I share with you will uh, be a word, a good word. In fact, that's the title that I want to share with you today is a good word for 2021. Before I begin, let me pray with you. We thank you, O Lord, for your faithfulness in every generation, in every moment of every generation. And we know that you're with us now, as you have been with us, and you promised to be with us all along the journey. So now as we gather, we ask for your blessing. We ask you to bless us, Lord, that we can bless this world. Thank you for your faithfulness to do just that and your promise to fulfill it. All in Jesus' name, amen, amen. My daughter Leah recently shared with me that the most Googled word in 2020 was the word why. I, I found that fascinating, that that was the word that everyone said, I want to look out why and, and try to find something about why. And it really got me to thinking, what word comes to mind when you think of 2020? Now, I'm sure we, we, we've got a lot of different things. Now, here are some words I've heard, and I've just kind of made notes of these. I've heard frustrated, chaotic, overwhelmed, frightened, angry, anxious, cynical, unusual, extraordinary, revealing, confusing, disappointing, painful, devastating, stressful. I, I could go on and on, and you could add your own to that list. Last year was certainly all that and so much more, wasn't it? And I could surmise that books and commentaries are going to be written for years about the year 2020. I know it's been the most unusual year in my lifetime and uh, probably in modern history, and, and we could go with, uh, go with that wherever we would like to, but uh, the point is, is that this time last year, did we have any idea what was ahead of us? Of course not. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? Well, I have a word that I want to share with you for 2021. It's a good word. It's a word that, that I hope that you really take to heart. And, and maybe it's not a word that you've thought of, but it actually is the word that was also for 2020, believe it or not. This also was the word for 2020. And, and the reason I say that is that this word was not original with me. Uh, it's actually something Jesus shared in his hometown uh, when he went to his home church or synagogue uh, at the very outset of his ministry. And it's a word that he shared that when he said it, it wasn't all that well received. And maybe what I share today is not going to be all that well received. 
But I'm convinced that it is the word for today. In fact, it is the word for this year. We just read the seven verses there at the first of Isaiah 61. And out of his own experience, the prophet delivered this messianic promise that an anointed one would proclaim the good news, the gospel, as we call it, uh, to those who had been frustrated. And let me pass over these words again. Overwhelmed, frightened, angry, anxious, cynical, exposed, oppressed, conf confused, disappointed, abused, devastated, stressed out, left out, and burned out. You fill in the blank. The, the, the prophet was addressing that. And he announces this promise of an anointed one to come and preach good news to all of these, and we might say all of us. Now fast forward 800 years, around 800 years, and Jesus has left home. He's gone to the Jordan River. John has baptized him there. And then immediately Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. And after he finished that, he began his public ministry. He went north to Galilee where he uh, began to teach and people were astonished. They were very impressed. And then he made his way back to his hometown. He went to Nazareth. And as he was in Nazareth, he made his way to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, which was his custom, which was traditional, of course, gathering with the faithful uh, on a day of Sabbath worship. And as a rabbi, he asked for the scroll. And they brought to him the scroll of uh, Isaiah 61. And he unrolled it. And he read uh, these words. And this is what he shared. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he stopped. He stopped in the middle of verse two in Isaiah 61. And in stopping there, he gave the scroll back to the attendant and he sat down. Now in that tradition, when a rabbi sits, sits down, the people gather or listen closely to what he has to say. And they were anticipating Jesus to explain that, to explain the, the words of Isaiah and, and kind of teach along that line and, and give them understanding. But this is what Jesus said as they waited to hear what this young rabbi, this very impressive young rabbi, their, their hometown boy was going to say. And he says this, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, God has delivered on his promise, on his word. Now, did you catch the word that I'm speaking of, that Jesus impressed upon them? Did, did you catch that word that, that was for all of human history? Not only for that day in the hearing of those people, but also in the, in the hearing of every person from that day up to this very day? It, it, was a, it was an amazing word. It's the word that, was, that we need, we needed in, in 2020, and it's the word that we need in 2021. In, in fact, believe it or not, it is the word that God has in mind for you right now, right where you are. It's the word that God has in mind for you. And Jesus drove this home to them in the, by stopping in the middle of that verse. Verse 2. Now, what is this amazing word that I keep talking about? It's the word favor. Favor. Now, who would have ever thought favor is the word of the year? 
I mean, like Leah said, it was the Google. I mean, if you Googled it, it was the word why. But if, if you and I came up with a word to describe 2020, it probably wasn't favor. And if we're going to describe 2021, do we dare to claim that this is the year of the Lord's favor? It's amazing because that is what God promised through the testimony of the prophet Isaiah. It was the messianic pro promise that Jesus fulfilled after he finished reading uh, the scripture that day in his, in his home synagogue. And it is the word of the year for you and me, favor. Now, in a word, favor means grace, or like we say, unmerited goodness, or divine kindness, or unconditional love, or undeserved relief. Someone doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. Now, how often have you said, may I ask a favor? Could I ask a favor of you? Now, when, when you said that, what do you have in mind? You have in mind probably something that you don't have to pay for, or uh, you earn, or you require, or, or you measure. It, it's something that someone can do for you that you cannot do for yourself. And then afterwards, you say, I owe you one. I owe you a favor. So you receive a favor, and then immediately, you and I think, well, I owe you one. I'm obligated to you now to, to, uh, to return the favor. We miss the whole point about a favor. A favor is not something that you're obligated to do. It's not something that you're obligated to return. A favor is just a gift. It is purely, simply an act of grace. It is merciful. It is goodness. It is to be received, not earned. It is given and not deserved. It's just a favor. There it is. It's a favor. No return, uh, no expectations with it. The concept of the year of the Lord's favor harkens back to the Old Testament, specifically to the book of Leviticus, in which God spoke the following to Moses about what was known as the year of Jubilee. And this is found in Leviticus chapter 25. Let me read this passage for you. You shall count off seven weeks of years, uh, seven times seven years, so that the period of seven weeks of years gives 49 years. Then you shall have the trumpet sounded loud. On the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall have the trumpet sounded throughout all the, your land. And you shall hollow the fiftieth year, and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return every one of you to your property and every one of you to your family. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow or reap uh, uh, the aftergrowth or harvest the unpruned vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat only that uh, what the field itself produces. The year of jubilee. The year of jubilee. It's the year in which the Israelites who had been in indentured service were set free. They were slaves and they were set free. After, in the year of Jubilee, uh, all uh, mortgages and property uh, was returned to the original owners in the year of Jubilee. It was a year uh, when all agricultural labor ceased and the land was to lay fallow for that year. It was a year in which everyone was to return home to gather back as family, as clans, as, as communities that have been separated and, and, and apart from one another. It was a year in which all debts were completely forgiven. It was the year of Jubilee. It was a time of rest and renewal and rejoicing and restoration. 
where everyone was given a clean slate, a new beginning, a fresh start. God was doing his people a favor. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful picture? It's a wonderful picture. God is doing his people a favor. Now imagine what a year of Jubilee would be uh, for you and me. What would that look like today? Imagine all your debts being erased right here at Christmas, right after Christmas, uh, when we think of uh, all those uh, credit card payments. Or how about all your car payments, or all your mortgages, or, or, or all your student loans, or all your medical bills, just completely wiped away. It's a year of the Lord's favor. It's a year of jubilee, we might say. Uh, and it's all erased, forgiven, done. There's nothing more to measure. It's all gone. You got a brand new start. You hit that reset button, and here we are, just to begin again. Imagine the relief of that, this, this year of jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. When Jesus stood up and quoted Isaiah, he was actually quoting himself, <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he stops there. He stops right there. He stops with the word favor. He announced a grace period. A grace period was beginning in that moment. Today, this word is fulfilled. Grace, this is the age of grace. This is the era of grace. Do you realize, or, or maybe you've forgotten, that in biblical history, right now, you and I are in the age of grace. We are in the, Lord, the year of the Lord's favor. It's not something we look at historically. It's not something we anticipate in the future. It is where we are right now. Jesus was not, of course, speaking specifically of a 12-month calendar year. Okay, we've got 365 days to enjoy this. He was talking about an ongoing year of the Lord's favor. Uh, he, he wasn't talking about uh, just a, a, uh, a certain year of Jubilee. He's talking about an ongoing experience of Jubilee of freedom, freedom from the oppression and the uh, depression that so orders our lives. He was speaking about an ongoing era of grace that one day will end, but it's where we are now. He's not talking about a period of fear. He's not talking about a period of confusion and doubt and dismay and frustration and anger and disappointment and chaos and pain and stress and worry and burnout. He's not talking about that. He says, this is the year of the Lord's favor right now. This is the age in which we live. We live in the age of grace. This is where we are. And Jesus said, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Right now, we are living in God's grace period. The incarnation of the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, and the revelation of his glory ushered in the grace period in which you and I live. It began right there when Jesus said, this day, this is fulfilled in your hearing, and you and I are hearing it today, January 3rd, 2021. Now you might be saying, really? Really? Is, is that what's going on? Is, are we really there? I, that, that's, that's nice biblical talk, but that's not reality. That's not who, who we are and, wh and what's going on. How many of you 
have had a much different word in mind for 2020 and then now in 2021. It just carries over. Well, we're just more the same, aren't we? How many of you have been anticipating something better? That there really might be something to all this? That 2021 is the year of the Lord's favor? According to Jesus, this year and every year since he said these words in the synagogue of Nazareth have been the year of the Lord's favor. Every year. And, and this, this is such good news to a weary, weary world. A, a world that's in dismay and some in uh, disbelief and some in deep depression, deep hurt. We think of the poor in body and spirit. We think of the brokenhearted whose lives have been shattered. We think of those who live in constant spiritual, emotional, and physical bondage. We think of those who are spiritually blind and they just don't get it. They just don't see the goodness of the Lord. We think of those who live every day under the oppression we might say the addiction of evil. We think of those who are in fear and hiding in the dark. That's our reality, yes, absolutely. We're not denying that. But Jesus in the midst of that announced this is the year of the Lord's favor to all who are, and let me say it again, frustrated and chaos and overwhelmed and frightened and angry and anxious and cynical and in unusual situations, extraordinary moments and uh, con confusing and uh, experiences and uh, e exposed to all kinds of experiences, disappointed, pa in pain, devastated, anxious, cynical, stressed out, burned out, left out. As I was sharing with a friend recently ab about a young lady who was in one of my previous churches who had been tragically murdered and perhaps you followed that on the news as we've watched over the last few days. I shared this with him and how, how brokenhearted we all were and how much we love that family. And he said this, he said, what a stain sin has placed on our world. What a stain sin has placed on our world and it's breaking our hearts and it's tearing us apart. That's reality. And Jesus came into that sin-stained world to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. <laughs> right in the midst of that, he said, this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the era of grace. And he came to personally invite us and every one of us to experience the healing and saving power of that grace. That's the gospel. That's the good news Isaiah talked about. That's what Jesus stood up and said that day. And that's what he shares with us. That is our word for the day. Favor. Whosoever believes in him is that invitation to everyone, everybody on planet earth. In Isaiah 49, we read these words. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and I will make you a covenant for the people, make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land 
to restore the land. Isn't that a wonderful promise? To restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. Paul quotes that in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, and he, sa he adds this. He says, I tell you, now is the day of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. <laughs> now. This is the day, this is the year of the Lord's favor. Favor. Isn't it a wonderful word? It's a wonderful word. It's the word that the prophet Isaiah shared over 700, well, actually over 2,700 years ago, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. It is the word that Jesus stood up in that synagogue and shared and said, today this, this word is fulfilled for you. And it is the word, it's the best word that you and I will hear all day and all year long. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Let's, let's get down and apply this. What does that mean for you and me that we live in this grace period of the year of the Lord's favor? First, it means I can confess I need a favor from God. <laughs> no strings attached. Say, God, I need a favor. I, I need his saving and sanctifying grace in my life. I, I can freely and unashamedly admit that I am oppressed, I'm depressed, and, and I'm bound by the frustrations and the chaos and the fears and the confusion, the disappointments and the pain and the stress and the stain of sin in this life and in this world and in my life. I can admit I need a favor from God. That's what that means. Second thing is, it means I can confess by faith that God is good all the time, God is good to me, and God is good at being good. I can confess that by faith. We can, you see, that's so important because life is hard. And, and, and so easy for us to slip into discouragement, which then leads to cynicism, and then it leads to unbelief. And we just kind of gradually go there. And we don't think God is good. And we just don't believe it. We don't claim it. We can gradually fade from praising God from whom all blessings flow to bitterly concluding that God only helps those who help themselves. We can easily slide that way. But friends, keep in mind another, another passage where Jesus said this. He said, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts, favors to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things in another place he says, actually, he says Holy Spirit in Luke. And then Matthew, he says, good things. Give the Holy Spirit, give good things, give favor to, the, to those who ask him. So we say, God, I need a favor because you're good all the time. You're good to me. You're really good at being good. A, a third thing is this, is that I can confess that Jesus Christ has done for me what I cannot do for myself. The favor of God is most perfectly revealed in the second person of the Trinity, in, in, in Jesus himself, who came into our world of space and time, took on our blood and our flesh, suffered and died our death for our sins, and was raised in power and glory over all the enemies you and I will ever face. That's how good God is. 
and I confess that I need the favor of Jesus Christ in my life. And the last thing I'll share is this. I can share this favor with others who are depressed and oppressed. Are you ready for this? By the frustrations and the chaos and the fears and the confusion and the disappointments and the pain and the stress and the stain of sin on their world. You see, this is the year, this is the day of the Lord's favor for our neighbors across our streets, uh, throughout this country and around the world. So many are longing to hear this good news, this good word today. They just need to know this is the year of the Lord's favor. So friends, let us tell it well and let us tell it often because it is a very good word. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for such promises we have in Scripture that encourage us that in the midst of all the darkness, this is a light. It just, it's brilliant. It, it shows up and it shows everything that's so right and good and true and desirable. It's what you've made us to experience. And I pray, Lord, that we realize how good you are and you're good to us. And you're really good at being good because you want to be one who blesses us, fulfills us with your grace. We know the reality of this world. We know the reality of sin and its powerful effect uh, on us, on our relationships. Lord, may we find that your grace is greater, greater than anything in our lives, any, any challenge, that we might have hope, we may have confidence, and that we, we live with great joy through this year, this year of your favor. And we give you our praise and our thanks for your faithfulness today as you have been throughout all the generations, as you always will. You will be for the sake of your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.